You are listening to audio from The Creek Church. If you would like more information about The Creek, please be sure to visit our website at thecreekfw.com. How are we doing? Yes. Glad you're here. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for joining in from wherever you are, from your living room, from your game room, from your kitchen island. If you're at your kitchen island watching service, send us a picture of the salsa that you just made. <laughs> want to see some of that. I uh, want to just kind of celebrate some things as a church, if we could, for a moment. I mean, baptism next week, we get to celebrate lives changed by, by Jesus. And uh, one of the things that God has been doing throughout uh, the last six months, and believe it or not, six months of, uh, of, of dealing with all of this, and, and a lot of us can feel like God is restricting things, and things are kind of coming in around us and closing in and quarantining and isolating, but, but God has just been expanding the territory of the church. Not just the creek, but the church. And, and he's just been growing and doing things in so many ways, so many countries, so many different things in our communities. And, and specifically here at the creek, God is, is, is just blowing the doors off for us. I mean, since July 1st, we, we started regathering publicly. Um, when was that? June 6th and 7th, I think. Feels like a year ago. But uh, since July 1st, over 100 new families have started coming to the creek and making the creek their home. I mean, that's, that's incredible. That's online and, and in person, and, and whether you're online or in person, you're family, right? And so I've got family in Canada, and we FaceTime, and that's, that's, that's I'll take it, baby. Um, I, I'm so grateful for FaceTime. I'm ready to be done with Zoom, but I like FaceTime. Um, and uh, so you saw that video roll with the Saturday switch. If you were here last summer, uh, you know that uh, we're, we're, we're going to bribe you for those that come in person. And so for those of you that go on Saturdays, thank you. Um, for the Sunday crowd, we got to have some talk. Um, but we'll figure that out later. Uh, but um, I also just, uh, I, I just, there's just something about worship tonight that I feel like I, I just, God just needed me to, to say is um, we move in a lot of different environments. You know, our home environments, our, our work environments, kids, you're going back to school publicly in Eagle Mountain, Saginaw on Tuesday where you get to be in a classroom again, and that's an environment. Uh, if you choose to come and be a part of this, this campus, that's an environment. And what struck me during worship was just the powerful, tangible presence of God, that God's presence transcends any environment. And so if you're, if you're in your living room, God's presence is in your living room. If, when you go to school on Tuesday, students and kids, God's presence can go with you. In this place, the, just the, the tangible feel and the presence of God is in this place. And, and God's not limited by a place. And, and I just, I feel like we just need to be reminded of that sometimes, that, that we move through these phases and environments of life, but God wants to be God in every environment. And I, I just, I just, I just really feel like that might help somebody tonight and just really kind of where you're at, wherever you're at, to say God's presence is real, it's tangible, and it's available for you to take a hold of. And um, so thank you for that. Um, a couple weeks ago, we aired a video with, uh, with a good friend of mine, Bishop Ernie Carradine, and uh, we talked about some, some really difficult subjects and got to the level of truth and a lot of the racial tension happening in our society. And, 
and he's invited me to be a part of a, a Q&A with his church congregation tomorrow night. They're going to do a, a watch party on Zoom, and they've invited me to be a part of a Q&A. <laughs> I told him, I said, I'm not a smart guy, but I'd love to be there. And uh, so if, you, if that's something you're interested in, uh, you can send an email to us at info at the Creek FW, and we will send you that Zoom link. Um, and he says, man, we'd love to have the churches come together and, and watch this, this video. You'll see, you'll see the same video uh, that we had, but then we can kind of engage in some, 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 uh, some respectful conversation around what we as the church can do. And so if you want that info at thecreekfw.com. And uh, this week we're talking about set free. We're going to refocusing on our vision statements uh, set in relationship. That is salvation. Ultimately, that is the foundation for everything in the life of following Christ. If you don't have a relationship with Jesus, if you haven't been saved, then the other things don't really mean much, and they're not going to have any weight to them. But we set in relationship, set in, in family, set free, and set in motion. And, and I, I've moved the order on you a little bit uh, to do set free because our freedom ministry is kicking off uh, this coming week, and, and this is an incredible, important value for us as a church that I want, you to, I want you to hear Jesus teach about freedom, not, not Matt's words, but the word of God and Jesus is speaking about freedom and what that means and, and it's something you've got to get a hold of and, and we all have a past. Every one of us in this, in this, in this gathering, whether, no matter where we're at, we all have a past and the sad part about our past is for many people, your past still has you. And that's not the way God designed you. That's not the way God created you. It's not the way God loves you. And that's not what Jesus died to pay for was for you to let your past continue to own you and to have you. And he wants you to be free from that. Look, we, can, we need to learn lessons from our past and stop carrying the baggage. What we take forward is what we learn. But there's a, lot, there's a lot of wounds, there's a lot of scars, there's a lot of things, and we need to be free from it. And Jesus has a very direct conversation uh, with, with some people in John chapter 8 about freedom, about what we need to understand, where, where we've got to get this, this, this concept uh, of freedom and what it means. And it's not just, it's not just uh, oh, oh, Jesus lets me do whatever I want. No, it's, it, it, it's, it's what Jesus is freeing us up to do. And he's having a conversation. John chapter 8, start verse 31, says, So Jesus said to the Jews that had believed him. Now, you've got to, the foundation that we've got to start from is that Jesus is speaking to a group of Jews. Jesus is a Jew. He came to bring the kingdom and the gospel to the Jew first, then to the Greek or the Gentile, then, then to all the world. And so he's speaking to, to Jews that had heard his message in the previous passage where, where I am the light of the world. They just see Jesus's heart in dealing with a woman called in adultery. Then he teaches I'm the light of the world. And it says that many believed in him as he was saying these things. And so Jesus said to the Jews who had believed him. So, so you can have a relationship with Jesus and not be free. That's, that's why I said salvation has to be the, the foundation. The set in relationship piece has to be primary because you can, you can be saved and still deal with everything from your past. And God's like, look, I, I, I've given you freedom and you got to walk in that. They believe Jesus is who he says he is. He says, if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Now, Jesus is speaking to people who believe in him and he says, 
if you abide in my word. That word abide means remain. If you will be rooted in my word. And it means knowing and living in the truth leads to freedom. If you abide in my word, you're my disciples. So the faith opens up the relationship with Jesus. It's not our works. If, you, if, you, if you're still caught up in that, go back and, and watch last week's message. It is faith and faith alone that saves us through Christ. That faith brings us into a relationship. But what he's saying is, is the, it, that decision of faith needs to lead to a life of walking in faithfulness. That's what he says is a disciple. I think there's a there's a, a misconception, especially in, in in the Western culture. Or I'll speak to I'll speak to Texas because that's where I live. But there's this thought because I'm a Texan that God loves me. Now He does love Texan more than anybody else. <laughs> but it doesn't mean sorry, California. I know you're watching. We love you, um, and God loves you. Uh, oh, sorry, I just lost my train of thought. That was I'm thinking. How do I recover from that? <laughs> but we get into this mindset that, that because I grew up in a Christian household, that I'm saved. Because I, I live in America, it, it, it's, it's one nation under God that I'm automatically in the kingdom of heaven. Citizenship in the United States does not equate to citizenship in the kingdom of heaven. And what Jesus is saying is faith gets you the relationship, but then you've got to start walking in that. There's faithfulness that comes. It's, it, it's, it's living, it's abiding in the truth. And you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. And, and, and we've got to ask the question here. Pilate asked it of Jesus, what is truth? Pilate looked at Jesus and he was looking at truth. He was speaking to truth. He was asking truth, what is truth? In John 14, 6, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. In John 1, 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was with God. Verse 14 says, and the Word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. So, so Jesus is, what he's saying is, is, if you abide in my Word, you've got to go over to John 15 that he's going to teach in just seven chapters later. There's some time has happened, but he's like, abide in me and I abide in you. What, what he's teaching is, is this idea of abiding means you plant your life in me. When you do that, it's not just the decision of faith. It's not just an idea of salvation, but there's a life that you can walk in, that we all have to experience the grace and the mercy that only comes through Jesus and experience the salvation that comes by faith through grace. And then we start walking that life out. And Jesus is, is going to unpack some things, and they answered him. We're offspring of Abraham and we've never been enslaved to anyone. How is it that you say you will become free? Now, if you know the Old Testament, just even a little bit, you know that the nation of Israel was in a series of relationships where it was, we're in bondage, we're free. We're in bondage, we're free. We're in bondage, we're free. Matter of fact, seven nations in the Old Testament. Read, read through the Old Testament book of Judges. Seven nations conquered Israel and ruled over them, and then God would have to free them. At this very instant, they're having this conversation. We're children of Abraham. We've never been slaves to anyone. They're under the oppression of the Roman Empire. I think the, 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 the worst bondage 
is the one that the prisoner doesn't even know they're in. It's the one that we refuse to recognize. It's the thing that has us that we think ignoring it will make it go away. And then this, I mean, their pride is keeping them in bondage. Jesus is offering free. He just said, if you abide in me, you'll be free. The truth, you'll know the truth, and the truth will set you free. And the response to that, see, see they had believed who he said. He, he talked about, I am the light of the world. They believed that. Why are they having a hard time believing this? Why do we have a hard time believing that God wants to not just save us, but, but has a life that he's created for us that he wants us to walk in? Why do we have a hard time believing that? We fall back. Well, we're not, I don't have that kind of issue. I don't deal with that. Thank you for your information, Jesus, but I'm good. And, and, and they go into this idea of this physical birth, not a spiritual birth. And they mentioned Abraham. Abraham's a man in the Old Testament that in Genesis, the book of Genesis, the very first book, God gives him a promise. He says, Abraham, through you, I'm going to make this great nation and all families of the earth will be blessed. It says that Abraham believed God. That belief was credited to Abraham as righteousness. There's a promise there. And what they're saying is we're children of the promise. So we are good. We're good. And Jesus is going to go on to answer them. Jesus answered them. He says, truly, truly, I say, let me, let me just say something. You, you'll read your Bible and when Jesus is talking, um, he'll, you'll, depending on what translation you read, um, he might say, verily, verily. He might say, yea, verily. He might say, verily. He might say, truly. He might say, truly, truly. It literally translates to this, amen, amen. That truly translates to amen. So sometimes Jesus will start a sentence like, amen, I'm getting ready to say something. If he says, amen, amen, then we got to pay attention. If he says, truly, truly, he, he's saying, lock in on this because I'm, I'm getting ready to throw the mic down after I say this. These are words to live by. These are words that you, you need to remember what I say. It's like, lock in on this. And what's interesting, see, we'll say amen when we acknowledge we've received truth. Like, like somebody, somebody, somebody will say something and someone will go, amen. That, I say amen like I'm acknowledging that I've received truth. Jesus says amen, or if he says amen, amen, he's saying the truth is about to drop truth. Now pay attention to it. So what he's saying is, is listen up, tune in, I've got something to say. I say to you, everyone who practices sin is a slave to sin. The slave does not remain in the house forever. The son remains forever. So if the son sets you free, you will, you will be free indeed. I know that you are offspring of Abraham, yet you seek to kill me because my word finds no place in you. I speak of what I've seen with my father, and you do what you've heard from your father. Now, I wrestled with this because a lot of times when you see the Jews and, and, and specifically the Pharisees interacting with Jesus, it seems like there's this tension. And at the end of this chapter, there, there is going to be some tension where, where some sought to, to stone Jesus at that time. But as I was reading through this and studying and praying through it, I really got to, I feel like God showed me his heart a little bit. I, I, I feel like Jesus in this, in this conversation, I think it was, I think it was loving I think it was nurturing, and I think he was really trying to, because it says that they believed in him. They believed him. And so they ask a question, and, and, and Jesus, 
He's not saying you're, you're asking a stupid question or you're making a stupid statement. I mean, we're, we're children of Abraham. How is it? We've never been enslaved to anyone. And, and instead of Jesus just going back into it, do, do you not know your own history? I feel like Jesus kind of comes up and goes, hey, 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 lean, lean in on this. Come here. I, I want to come here. Come here. Listen to this. I say to you that everyone who practices sin is a slave to sin. Well, now we've gotten in, Jesus is bringing in something new into the conversation because his heart is to see these people that he's speaking to, his heart is to see us to walk in freedom, to know true freedom. He says, draw, draw in on this. Okay, you're, you're thinking Abraham and you're, you're, you're thinking your you're descendants and you're, you're thinking genealogy and things, but, but let me get to the heart of the matter with you. Listen, 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 listen. Everyone who practices sin is a slave to sin. And a slave doesn't remain in the house forever, but a son does. What he begins to speak of is the difference of of relationship. He doesn't say descendants of Abraham or the genealogy. He gets into father-son language. He gets into relationship language. He's saying, look, the, the, the bondage that you find yourself in is because of what you're practicing. If you're in the practice of sin, that sin becomes your master. And I, I'm teaching you the things I've seen with my father and what you're doing. You're acting out of an identity of that brokenness under the mastery of sin and that practice, and you're doing what your father is teaching you. Now, he's going to go on to explain that, that that father that he's speaking of is the enemy, the devil, Satan. Because re- really, there's no middle ground here. We're, we're, it, it, there's, there's two kingdoms. I mean, we're, we're either going to submit and serve the king of kings, lord of lords, and the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of light, or we're going to let the kingdom of darkness and the ruler of the prince of the air the one whose character is a liar, continue to lead us. It's no middle ground. It's an issue of whose kingdom we're submitting and serving. And Jesus is trying to, trying to bring, I just feel like as I read this, Jesus is, is teaching them. This is a teaching moment. This isn't a, this isn't a clash. He said, look, look, I'm trying to help you realize you're in bondage and I can set you free. If the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. When Jesus said indeed, that translates to truth. If the Son sets you free, you are truly free. Not free to do whatever you want, but free to be who God is calling you to be. That identity, that, that person, he's calling you to be in him because Because God does have a purpose and a plan for your life. When you go back to Jeremiah, he has a plan to prosper and and not harm us, to give us a hope and a future. And yes, God's plan, listen to me on this. God's plan sometimes takes us through the valley of the shadow of death. Sometimes God's plan leads us right through the suffering. 
mean, we can't detour around it. We have to go right through the suffering. And God says, I love you that much that I'm going to use this suffering to shape you into more of who I'm creating you and calling you and leading you and freeing you to be. And he's got this hope and this purpose that he sets in front of us. And what Jesus is is teaching them, that that I'm the one, the son sets you free, you're free indeed. Ultimately, what Jesus is saying is that if you think you're free without Jesus, your father is the devil. Because Jesus teaches that we need freedom and that Jesus is the source of our freedom. There is no other source. True freedom only comes from the son. If the son sets you free, Now, there's a lot of things we can manufacture that we can think bring freedom into our life, but they really ultimately just bring a false freedom. You know, Jesus says the truth will set you free. Lies never bring freedom. They never bring freedom to the liar, and they never bring freedom to the the lie-y. I don't know, the one receiving the lie. I just created a new word. And I used it in a sentence, so it's valid. But lies are not going to set you free. It's truth. We've got to come back to truth. And Jesus is, he's the son. Jesus is truth. He's the source of our redemption. He's the source of our freedom. He's, He's everything. Our freedom comes from a person, Jesus. The source of that freedom is the blood of Jesus. It would be like if I'm handcuffed, and, and I've been handcuffed before, um, not on the side of a road, not by a police officer, but during training drills, I got to be the guinea pig, and, and um, whenever, if you ever get invited to help uh, uh, first responders train, you know, it's, it's a great time, but when the trainer says, listen, they're going to play as hard as you play, so play hard. They need to learn. They win. <laughs> I'm just saying. I got scars. I walked with cuts and bruises. But I got, I, I got manhandled to the ground, handcuffed in a drill. And I'm sitting there, and, and I'm not, <laughs> it's not a comfortable position, y'all. <laughs> First of all, I was thinking, please nobody take a picture and put this on social media, because I will have to explain until the day I die. But I'm sitting there, and all of a sudden, the trainer comes over with the key, and he unlocks the handcuff. Now, I didn't look at the key and go, thank you so much for freeing me. I looked at the trainer and gone, you my hero. <laughs> That's the way it is with Jesus. He's the source. I mean, he, he is the source. He, he used the cross and his blood to ultimately bring the freedom. That's the key. But Jesus is the one who unlocked it. And then as he says, as I go, I mean, the, his disciples in John chapter 14, after he says, I'm the way, the truth, and life, he said, look, I'm going to go and I'm going to send a helper for you. I'm going to send what you need him in the world. I'm going away. He's coming. His name is the Holy Spirit. And he is going to lead you into, listen to this, he's going to lead you into all truth. What did Jesus say sets us free? The son sets us free, but he says, you'll know the truth and the truth will set you free. So therefore, for us, that source of freedom is, is Jesus purchases it, he paid for it, he opens it, he unlocks it, and the Holy Spirit maintains and sustains that life for us. Because Jesus paid for that to happen. He, he paid the price for it. I mean, we, 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 use, we use cliches in our culture like freedom ain't free. And that's exactly true. The freedoms that we, we enjoy 
The freedoms that we have in the, in the nation we live in came at a very high price. It, my hope is that we never forget that price. We also need to remember that as the redeemed, the people of God, those who are called sons and daughters of, of the Most High King, the ones who have a relationship with Jesus, our freedom came at a very high price. It cost the one and only son his life. He paid for it with his blood. And we know that, that for us to continue living in our bondage, he said everyone he practices Sin is a slave to sin. There's a wage for that. There's a price for that. Romans chapter 6 teaches that the wages of sin is death. That if we want, if we want to pay our own price, if we, want to, if we want to bear our own burden, God says, I, I, I would highly recommend you not do that, but here's the price. You ever, you ever given somebody a gift and, and they try to do it in a nice way, but you know what they're doing? They're trying to get to the, how much was this? And I'm like, really? I tell you what, that was a million dollars. How you like me now? No, but you, you, you've done it. I mean, somebody's given you something. I wonder how much this cost. And now with the internet, you get on, you try to find it. And then you gauge their level of love for you. They only spent $38 on this. Well, before you looked it up, it had a much higher value, didn't it? A lot, a lot of times we, we, we want to know, hey, God, what, what, what's it going to cost me? I mean, this obedience thing and all, you know, man, I just, you know, I got a lot of things that I want to do. You know, what's this ultimately going to cost me if I try to pay my own way? It's death. It's not just death. It's not just physical death. It's, it's death, death. It's eternal separation from, from the God who's paid your tab. I mean, it would be like me walking up and giving you a gift card, an envelope that says, you have an all-expenses-paid trip to Bora Bora. I don't know why I said Bora Bora. That's just where my mind went. <laughs> Bucket list. You're going to get one of the tiki huts that's out over the water, blue water, all your food, airfare, first-class airfare, baby. There's no weight limit on that baggage in first class. <laughs> I don't know if they're giving you any food nowadays, but you get a bigger seat, right? You're not cheek to cheek, you know. All paid for. Five star, everything paid for. And right there it is. Come get it. Now, any person who's breathing is going to be knocking everybody else down to get to that, right? It's all expenses paid vacation. You... It's here. It's right here. You've got to choose to get it. You've got to choose to do it. You've got to see there's some action on our part because freedom has a responsibility. You and I have a responsibility in our freedom because God is holding it out. He's like, your freedom, it's right here. I've set you free. It's done. It's done. It's done. But we've got to come up and we've got to take a hold of that freedom. I got to go, like that vacation, I got to go, I got to get that envelope out of your hand. I'm going to open it up, but he wasn't lying. It's all right here. Let me Google it, see how much it costs. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> and then, I, you know what I'd be doing? Heather, pack your bags. 
Because we're going on vacation. I have to make the choice to go on that trip. What Jesus is teaching us is, listen, listen. He's saying, draw in, listen. Amen, amen. It's right here. It is for you. It is fully paid for. It is available for you. You have to take a hold of it. You've got to choose to walk in this. You've got to choose to accept this. And you've got to choose to live it out. And part of that responsibility of this freedom, I, I, want, I want to give you a little, some filters here. I mean, when it comes to our freedom, now I, I just want you to, to think through these things. The first one is evaluate your freedom. Evaluate your situation. Recognize where freedom isn't happening. Because we all have those areas in our life. Like I've, I went through our freedom ministry a couple years ago, and, and, and I thought, I, thought I, I think I'm doing pretty well. But God takes me back. He goes, hey, hey, there's these things that we really need to deal with. And, and God begins to help me evaluate. You start praying big prayers like, God, search my heart. Show me what's going on. Show me where freedom isn't happening in my life. Show me what's keeping me back. Show me what's in my past that keeps dragging me back into that way of thinking. And so I've got to evaluate it. And, I, and so most people, I honestly, this is where they stop because it comes up. And you're like, ooh, I want to leave that back there. I'm, I, I don't want to carry that. I don't want to deal with that. I don't want to deal. I do not want to deal with that. If you're, if you're signed up for freedom ministry, let, let, me just, let me say this on the front end. Strap in, hang on, because when you get to the week that you got to deal with forgiveness, you need to push through. Because it's evaluating, then it's equipping. It's getting covering from Jesus, and it's getting, it's getting okay, I got to get some armor here. I got to get some tools. It's the armor of God. I got a fight coming because the enemy doesn't want you free. The enemy doesn't want you doing what God's called you to do. The enemy doesn't want you living the life God's created you to live. He wants to keep you beat down. He might, his, his idea is this. I may, I may not get you out of heaven and into hell, but I will make the rest of your life hell. And you got to get some tools and get some, some help with that, the armor of God. Get, get you some fighting partners, man, because if I'm going into a fight, I don't want to go alone. Equip yourself. But here's the thing. You don't just get around and, oh, I know what the issue is, and I got all this information for the issue. You got to exercise it. You got to get moving in it. You got to live it out. You got to defend it. You got to apply it. Like I'll speak in terms of, of the United States of America. The freedom that we enjoy came at a high price, and it, we still pay that price because we have to defend the freedoms that we have. That's why we have men and women that are willing to stand on the front lines day in and day out, regardless of what comes against them, and say, I have made a commitment to defend the freedom of the people of the United States. I may never meet them. They may not love me. They may not appreciate me. But here's the thing. I've made a commitment that I will put my life on the line to defend their freedom. And you've got to take that kind of stance in your spiritual walk. And you say, look, I know what my issues are. I've got some information. I got data. I got people. I got weapons. I got everything I need. Now let's go take it. Let's take it and let's defend it. Let's work in this. Let's walk in this freedom. And we got to begin to deal with that. And, and, and one of the massive steps that you can engage is the freedom ministry. When, when, I, when I talk about these set-in things, the set-in relationships, set-in family, set-in freedom, set-in motion, the biggest vehicle for freedom is our freedom ministry. 
And they're, they're, they're going to put links up that you can sign up, and, and, and there'll, be, there'll be information that you can sign up. Go on our website. Go on Facebook. We're going to bombard you with that because I want you in that. I want everybody to go through freedom. Our new staff members that we've just welcomed onto our team, they're going through freedom. That's the biggest step. And, and another one, if, you, if, if I've gone through freedom, let me tell you this. Get in a life group. You got to get around people that can continue to encourage you in that life. See, James chapter 5 talks about any of you sick, then, then, then come and let the elders anoint you and let them pray for you, you'll be healed. But he says this, he says, therefore confess your sins one to another that you may be healed. Now, now some of that healing, listen to me, confessing your sins to somebody else doesn't offer redemption, but it helps you lead to freedom. What do I mean by that? If I've got areas in my past that I'm struggling with, I mean, let, let, let's pick on an issue that, that impacts about 65-plus percent people in the church. It's pornography. So let's say you've struggled with pornography. You know that's an issue. You've got all these resources. You've set the filters up on your computer, but that's just not working. You've got to take some proactive steps to take authority in that walk. And that's not an easy one to do by yourself. I mean, even science has said, you know, pornography addiction, it, it triggers the same brain chemicals that, that heroin or cocaine would, but you got to treat it like an eating disorder. But you got to get to the spiritual root to deal with it. So what do I mean by confessing your sins one to another? Look, is is there someone that you trust that can watch your back, that you can, you can confide in that information, say, this is my struggle? And see, that, that doesn't mean it never goes away, but we start to find freedom in it because then that, that person's going, you know what? I'm going to walk with you. I'm going to help you. You know, if you'll be honest with me, I'll be honest with you. That, that, that's where he says, that's how we may find healing. Healing isn't just from a, a virus, and healing isn't just from, from a physical ailment. Look, we, we need a lot of healing emotionally. We got a lot of emotional wounds and a lot of emotional baggage that we got to deal with. We're people. We just pick it up. Another thing is, man, if you've, if you've been set free and you, and you got some freedom in some areas, serve in that area, man. Galatians chapter 5, you were called to freedom, brothers and sisters. Only don't use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love, what? Serve one another. Because you know what I've learned? Free people, free people. Hurt people, hurt people, free people, free people. I got a key. Where'd you get the key? Jesus gave me the key. What are you going to do with it? I'm going to unlock as many changes as I can. Because I'm free, I want you to be free. So that we, we all got a past. We all got issues. And instead of just trying to suppress it and, and hopefully it'll just go away, look, we've got to make the decision to choose freedom. I mean, when we follow Jesus, we die to ourselves. but it's amazing how that baggage can keep re- resurrecting, right? It's funny, like people are like, oh, I just don't understand how Jesus was resurrected from the grave. I mean, look at your baggage, how it just keeps resurrecting and dragging you down. But don't miss this opportunity to get help. Don't miss this opportunity to get free and get past your past. Father, we love you and we thank you. We thank you that you have called us to freedom.
We thank you that, that you, Jesus, have set us free. If the Son sets us free, we're free indeed. And we thank you for that freedom, that you, you are the source of that. You paid for it. We thank you for sending us the Holy Spirit so that we can continue to walk in it. So it doesn't have to be our power and our power to, to, to live this free life that you've paid for. But the Holy Spirit begins to help us and come alongside of us. And you bring other people. You bring people who love us and people who truly care for us alongside of us to say, let, let, let's walk in this. God, thank you for that, that you love us so much that you don't just want to leave us in our mess, that you entered the mess, and you redeem us in the mess, and then you give us a way out of the mess. Thank you for that. And I'm asking right now for, for people that, that maybe, maybe are trying to get the freedom, but they've never gotten the relationship, and in this moment, they're just ready for that. And you say, Jesus, I, I need you to save me. I believe that you are my source of freedom, my source of salvation. I believe you. Save me. Forgive me. Set me free. Because when you set me free, I'm, I'm truly free. And I'm asking you to forgive me of my past and lead me out of my past. Bring the help around me that you're sending. God, that you surround us with the help. I pray that right now we're able to see that there's people who love us, who care for us, who want to walk through us, that whatever we face with us, give us the courage, give us the strength, give us the, the humility to, to confess that we need you. And I pray that you use whatever means, whatever key, to lead us from the bondage, to walk in freedom that is truly freedom. It's for your powerful name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message from the Creek Church. We invite you to listen to other messages on this podcast, or if you have any questions, you can email us at info at